0: trigger warning. The following podcasts may contain sensitive material. Sexual violence, sexual assault, and abuse are among the topics mentioned on Dear Me, You Survived. Please keep your mental health in mind before listening, and know there are resources out there to help you cope. Hey listeners, and welcome to Dear Me, You Survived a podcast about child sexual abuse survivors. I'm your host, Chelsea. Welcome to episode two of Dear Me, You Survived. I wanted to start off this episode just by thanking everyone. You guys were so supportive. I had so many people reach out to me and just tell me how much they appreciate me for starting something like this and sending their condolences for the trauma. You know, it was amazing to receive so much support when I expected to receive so much backlash And I just appreciate all of you supporting me and sharing with the people that you know. With that being said, if you want your story told, whether it be submitting it anonymously or submitting it and having me read it for you or even to submit it with you reading it, you can email me at chelseamark.com. 3191 at gmail.com. That is the reason I created this podcast in the first place to be a platform for victims, not just for myself, not just for my story, but for everybody's story. I believe your healing starts with being able to tell your story. I am a little bit sick this week, but I did not want to halt. Another episode I would like to stay consistent so I'm gonna try my best with my raspy voice to be clear enough for you guys to hear me and let's get started. There's been times where I've wondered do other predators see written across your forehead that you've been abused before? At least in my life once I became a victim, I became a victim again, and again, and again. And I don't know if it's because they saw it written all over my face, or if it's because our society just has this problem. Deep within, I don't want to say the men because there are women that do it as well, but in my life, I've experienced it from multiple men, from boys, young boys, and I just don't understand where it's coming from. In second grade, um... My teacher would let us stay in the classroom sometimes for recess. We didn't want to go outside to play. And at first, I'm like, no way. I'm going outside to play with my friends. But later on down the line, there were these three third-grade boys that would chase me at recess. I knew one of them because... His older sister was friends with my older sister, and we lived in the same neighborhood. So when my sister would go to hang with his sister, I would go with her, and I would see him sometimes. He would never do this when you know, I was with my sister, my protector, my older sister. But at school, he had convinced his two friends to start chasing me every day. And they wouldn't just chase me. When they would catch me, they would grope me. They would touch my vagina. They would touch my butt. They would, you know, stick their hand up there in my crevices. I'm in second grade. What does that make me? Um, eight? Eight years old? So every day they chase me and they do this for the whole duration of recess. So when my teacher lets her kids stay in the classroom for recess, I'm staying in the classroom for recess because I can't get away from these boys. And I remember one day I ran up to a female campus supervisor. Everybody liked her, everybody thought she was so cool. She's the coolest campus supervisor, but I did not have a good experience with her. I ran up to her and I told her, these boys won't stop chasing me. And what she said to me was, stop running and they won't be able to chase you. In that same breath, she could have told them to leave me alone. I'm a little girl. They're older than me. It's three against one. But instead of protecting me, she kind of screamed at me for being chased and harassed by these boys. I didn't tell her that they were touching me. But if I'm coming up to you and I'm asking you for help and you address me instead of addressing them, How does that make a victim comfortable to want to come forward in the future? So it continued. I asked for help. They were there when I did. And I didn't get it. So to them, they're untouchable. It continues. Until one day, they're caught by a male campus supervisor. And... He's angry and he says go to the front office and I'm terrified am I in trouble I didn't do anything wrong but in my head I was doing something wrong I don't know why so I go to the front office and I'm instructed to go to the principal's office so I go in the office She closes the door and my heart's pounding. I hope hope they didn't see that happen because she's gonna wanna talk about it and I don't want to talk about it. So the first thing I tell her when I get in there is, please don't tell my mom. I didn't want my mom to know. I didn't wanna get in trouble. So I tell her how long this has been going on, who's been doing it, what's been happening, who I've told, and I have no clue she told my mom. My mom never brought it up to me. We never had to talk about it to this day. I still don't know. And I don't know if it's because after my abuse from my father, I decided to cut off close relationships. When I came home from my dad's house after my first encounter with him, I remember going into my mom's room. She was taking a nap. And she asked me to lay with her, and I laid with her, and she wrapped her arms around me to cuddle with me. And in my head, I thought, oh, my God, it's happening again. Both of my parents are going to abuse me. I don't have anyone to protect me. So even though my mom, that that's not what she was doing, in my mind, that touch, that physical touch from somebody had a whole new definition. I removed myself from my mom's embrace and I left into the other room And from that day forward, I was no longer a physical touch, physically affectionate type of person. Not family, not friends, not anybody. I didn't want to be touched. I didn't want to be hugged. And sadly, It carried on into my motherhood. When my children are small, you know, I can hold them. I can kiss them on their cheek. I can snuggle with them. But it seems like once they get past the age of three, I feel like it's inappropriate. How do I get past that? when my child wants to lay her head on my shoulder or hug my arm or lay against me my anxiety just skyrockets and it's not because I have any ill thoughts or ill intentions for my children. It's just, I associate physical touch as sexual. My whole childhood, after my abuse, I didn't hug, I didn't initiate hugs. I would hug my family when we were leaving. I would hug my family when I saw them, but out of that, that was it. Hi and bye hugs. That was it. I didn't start using physical affection until I started having boyfriends because that was the only time that I felt comfortable. So is it a surprise that women who have been abused sexually as children become at times promiscuous? No. My first serious boyfriend was when I was 18. So from the age of 8 to 18, I avoided physical contact at all times. And when I started to get it, from boys I became addicted as humans we naturally want that a touch that affection and for me the only way that it felt comfortable was sexually from man once I lost my virginity I I don't want to say that I went all out, but I had someone at all times keeping my attention. And probably, I don't know, a year after I lost my virginity, I was already pregnant. At a young age, I wanted to be a young mom. Because I felt like that was the only way I was going to get someone to truly love me. I felt like I had no one. I felt like I was alone. I felt like I was only loved conditionally. And to have a child would be the only way to get that unconditional love. And that was selfish of me because I wasn't ready to love. I hated myself and I didn't take care of myself. So how could I bring a life into this world that relies 100% on me? It was selfish. However, I didn't realize the repercussions of my choices in life until I decided to start my healing process. Until I was ready to address the abuse that I had been through and the way that it was wreaking havoc on my life and my life decisions. So in order to understand What is going on in your life? You have to dig down deep to your roots, where it all started. For so long, I thought, what is wrong with me? Why am I doing such stupid shit? Why am I making these stupid choices over and over? Why am I staying with this man who doesn't respect me, who treats me like crap, who cheats on me? And it all stems from being objectified as a child by your own father, the one man that you're supposed to be able to look up to. And that was in my case. The effects are still the same, whether it be your father, a family member a friend, a stranger, it all affects us as adults, even though it happened when we were children, because that's when we are developing, that's when our mind is developing. And for something so traumatic to happen to us during that time, it alters our brains. It gives us mental health diseases, problems, I've been diagnosed with depression, anxiety, borderline bipolar. And I'm almost positive. That's where it comes from. My abuse, having to keep such a big secret at the age of eight years old. There was that secret. Then there was the secret of the third graders abusing me at school. And then there was another secret. My mom had a boyfriend who is my stepdad. And he's been on my life pretty much for all of it. Him and my mom had separated for a little bit. He, has, he was living in his own apartment, and he had a couple family members come out to visit. He had his daughter and son, who are my sister and my brother, um, by love, not by blood. They were spending the night at his house, and I, of course, wanted to spend the night, me and my sister, super close, So the family that he had visiting, I believe, was his mother and his brother. We had a really good night. We sung karaoke. We ate good. We had a lot of fun. So we blow up the air mattress. We're all laying in the living room. Me and my sister and my brother. And I doze off and I'm awoken by a hand brushing back and forth inside of my underwear. And I open my eyes and I look up and it is the brother of my stepdad again this is happening again where am i safe and i don't know what he's gonna do so i look up at him and he takes his hand out and he says someone had an accident your pants are wet so i get up and go to the bathroom and i change and i come back and lay in bed And that was the only time that happened. But I never told anyone. And I remember later on, down the line, one of their family members came forward and said that she had been molested. And nobody believed her. Everyone thought that she was lying. Why would we lie about something like this? Why does society think that women are lying about things like this and then in the same breath turn around and say, if that really happened to you, why wouldn't you tell somebody sooner? Damned if we do, damned if we don't. No matter what, somehow the victim is always blamed in these situations. We need to make it a point to be available to children, to be the safe adult for children. I remember growing up, I was always told if I was lost, to find a woman that would help me. But that's not always the case. I purposely went to the woman campus supervisor to try and protect me. But in the end, it was the male campus supervisor who actually took action when he noticed something that wasn't right. My point for this episode is just to say, be that safe adult that you needed when you were growing up. Be that adult that reaches out and connects on a level that a child needs. Be available. Be willing to listen. Because sometimes that's all the child needs, is a listening ear. And an understanding heart. Sexual nature begins at an extremely young age. Before I was assaulted, I remember being four years old. And a four-year-old boy showing me his penis and saying, now show me yours. This isn't something that happens to adults only, to teenagers only. This starts... Early on, we need to have these age-appropriate conversations with our children from the beginning. There's no age limit. Connect with your children, and maybe you can potentially save them from what you've experienced or from what something that somebody you know has experienced This ruins lives. Very rarely is there a breakthrough. And it leads to something amazing. It's more common for women to become addicted to drugs. To escape the reality. To lose their children. This is not something minor that we just get over. This is something that we have to learn how to live with. The more we talk about these happenings, the more we talk about the assaults, the inappropriate behavior, the inappropriate words, the more we talk about them, not only with adults, but with our children, who probably, unfortunately, have seen or experienced the same thing the more we can prevent this from happening. We need to stop brushing it under the rug. We need to stop downplaying it because sexual assault cannot be downplayed. Child sexual abuse is defined as a form of child abuse in which an adult or older adolescent uses a child for sexual stimulation. Forms of child sexual abuse include engaging in sexual activities with a child, indecent exposure, child grooming, and child exploitation. If you or someone you know may be experiencing sexual assault, please contact the National Sexual Assault Hotline at 800-656-4673. Or you can chat online at online.rain.org. That's online.rain.org. You can find us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Dear Me, You Survived. You can also find us on Anchor at anchor.fm forward slash Dear Me, You Survived. Follow us on Instagram under survival stories.